Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we're ready to roll. We've got the final four with one big question. We got a thriller between two teams going nowhere. We've got rat poison. We've got a startling point spread. And we've got three hours of my life I will never get back. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, and the one place to start, as always, on these Mondays. I'm so delighted when Ryan Clark and Rex Ryan can hang out after we wrap up Get Up to give us the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. You guys know how much I always appreciate you're doing this. We had a great morning today, and let's just roll it right on here onto ESPN Radio. So, so we opened Get Up this morning with the Ravens and Steelers, which was an unbelievable game. And for the two of you, it's awesome because RC is yeah. a Steeler through and through, and Rex, while I associate him with the Jets, there's still a lot of Raven mm-hmm. in you. Absolutely. In years of it. That said, <laughs> that said, Rex Ryan, was yesterday's game more about the Steelers winning or the Ravens losing? No, it was about the, the Ravens gifting that game away. And, and here's the bad thing. I mean, they may, I mean, they can't get it back. And when you look at their remaining schedule, Brutal. all the dang injuries they've had, if, if Humphreys is out, this team may very well have gone from the number one seed in the AFC mm-hmm. to, quite honestly, not even making the playoffs. So that's how big this was. And they just absolutely blew it yeah. and on both sides of the ball. And, and it's funny because Ryan and I watched this game together, mm-hmm. all right? And, and I'm like, RC, I go, you know what I see? Because we, we poke fun of, uh, you know, all the time at each other. It's what yeah. you do when you're Raven Steeler. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I go, man, the only thing I recognize from your Pittsburgh Steelers is the uniform. You did say that. I did say that. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, the fourth quarter comes around. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, what the hell happened? Yeah, that, what that, did happen? You know, you know, that was one of those games. I felt like it was a good matchup for the Steelers. Yeah. I didn't feel like the Baltimore Ravens were explosive enough on offense to exploit some of the things we've seen exploited by the Pittsburgh Steelers, some of that physicality that they lack, which is weird when we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And also offensively, we saw them get, Ben Roethlisberger to a point in the game where he just had to make a few big plays, right? He never actually had to make huge throws. He was able to hit wide open receivers in Deontay Johnson. He was able to, to find ways to get fire move the football. And when you look at this team, I don't look at the Pittsburgh Steelers now and say that they're fixed. Mm. What I say is they had a, a, a matchup that they could t- take advantage of, and they did that barely. Because if a two-point conversion goes just a little bit to the left, or if Mark Andrews doesn't fade into the end zone, then we're talking about a different outcome from the Pittsburgh Steelers, not only in what happens yesterday, but what in their future is with this season. And so for both of these teams, there's so much to fix. But for one day, the Pittsburgh Steelers remembered who they were, Remembered how important this rivalry was, and they showed up. And the thing I'll say about the Ravens, because Rex, you will always go through a bunch of defense stuff, and I, I, I usually right. just nod along and pretend I have some idea what you're talking about, um, because you talk about defense for the advanced class, as you once said uh, when you were coaching the Jets. But I watch the Ravens' offense just as a lifelong fan of the sport, and I can see they're just their offense seems to be Lamar. Just go do something unbelievable. Just run around like right. crazy out there, and then either run it or wait until someone gets open because you're running for so long that they do. I don't see anything that looks cohesive in there. No, Greeny, I 100 percent agree. Look, this offensive line can't bust a grape. Uh. I mean, they can't. They can't. They so you think you, you know when you're when you're thinking about Baltimore, you're thinking, hey, we're ground and pound and all that. No, the only guy that's able to run the football is Lamar Jackson. Yep. So yep. they can't run the football. Now you're going to drop back and you're going to throw it all over the place. 
but they have no semblance of a passing game. Mm-hmm. So it is it is hard as heck to watch. And how the heck this team's won eight games yeah. is absolutely yeah. beyond me. Now, look, injuries have played a huge, huge part of it. They yeah. have no left. They have no offensive line. They're down to their fifth running back. They have no corners. And, and quite honestly, Harbaugh's done an amazing job coaching. But this team has no business being uh, winning eight games. Well, then let me make this straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. RC, Cincinnati also loses yesterday. Yeah. The Browns, who are on a bye, are a, a colossal disappointment. Someone has to win that division. Who's the, it going to be? The, the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in this division. They have a quarterback who I think right now is playing at the highest level. When we look at the struggles Lamar Jackson is having, they have a run game. They have a ton of skilled players and a defense that normally plays pretty well. The problem with the Cincinnati Bengals is consistency, right? You go in, you go to Baltimore early on in the season, you get a huge win, you lose to the Jets. You beat the brakes off of the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. You have the Los Angeles Chargers in a game that could tell you, okay, who's going to go to the playoffs? Who's going to get a wild card spot? Can we now move up in the AFC North standings? And you turn the football over and lose that game. If the, if the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor can understand the moments, can understand showing up week after week, I think this is a team that can actually win playoff games, not yeah. only make it. Yeah, that's a great point. And when's the last time we saw Cincinnati win yeah. a darn playoff Absolutely. game? It never happened in, in Marvin Lewis's time or right. anybody else's. So it's yeah. probably been 20 years. So. It, it might literally, it, it might go back. I don't have this in front of me. Hembo will. It might go back to when Boomer Esiason took them to the Super Bowl. Right. And no, they that, lost to John Taylor. Yeah. They may not have won a playoff game since then. I, I don't remember because I know Carson Palmer never won nope. one. Right. They lost, so. You beat him. Yeah, that's you right. You beat that's Carson Palmer to up, play that's <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, you and Sanchez and, and, and if you remember, the, the year the Pittsburgh Steelers win the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals actually win the AFC North. Right. Carson Palmer throws a huge pass at the beginning of the game. Chemo of an often runs Fell into his, his knee, knee and yeah. he, tur- he, he tore his knee up. The, P- the Pittsburgh Steelers go on to win the Super Bowl. That was the last chance they had. That was the last team that even looked like this from an offensive standpoint mm-hmm. with some of the skill players. That was TJ Hushmanzada, right. Chad Johnson, Carson Palmer. And so now the Cincinnati Bengals have to understand the gravity of moments. If you're Jamar Chase, you can't drop that football. You certainly can't throw it into Mike Davis's hands. And so there are so many things that are going on with this team that says, okay, they can be good. They can be very good, but you got to show the consistency. Typical Hembo. They have won one playoff game since then. They beat Houston in a wild card game in January of 91, but the point remains. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Now, for all the interesting games out there, let's get to a couple of things that are on the other side. We were all delighted for the Lions winning. Yes. I oh was delighted God. for yes. them. I love their coach. I read yesterday, I didn't even know, Rex, that you actually went and talked to their team. Awesome. Love everything Great. about it. And, and, and I don't want to make the conversation not about them. But what the actual heck were the Vikings doing defensively on that last play? What, well, what was it? Well, and that's what's funny. Ryan and I were, were watching this thing, right. and we're trying to figure it out. I'm like, I think it was Tampa. We were trying to figure out the actual defensive right. call. Yeah, because yeah. if, if that's the case, the corner's supposed to play soft squad. He doesn't. All right? You got a safety that – what is he doing? Just backing up in the Yeah, you got to come down. You had a middle read. I, RC, I you were a defensive it. back. It looked to me like they basically said, well, the old, we'll give them a touchdown, but nothing else. Right. 
like, what right. the hell is and guess what? All they needed was a touchdown. A touchdown. Greeny. When, when, you, when you're it's watching the up. entire drive, you can understand the soft coverage to not get beat over the top right. as the ball is out in the middle of the field or the middle of the playing field. But when you think about the execution of defense, understanding that only a touchdown beats you. This wasn't a team that could get a field goal. They had to get in the end zone. And to allow that is inexplicable, right? It's, and it's also inexcusable. Yeah. If you're a Cam Dantzler, if you're Xavier Woods, you have to understand that within the defense, see, so there's what the X's and O's say, right? There's what the papers say. Like Rex is going to come into the meeting. He's going to give us a book, and we're going to understand the positions that we play. It's our job to understand situational football, though. And in this situational football moment, if I'm a safety, if I'm a corner, I know I have to protect the goal line. Anything you get on me, you're going to have to run the back line of the end zone and make a play. The Minnesota Vikings didn't do that. Yeah, I look at it this way. Minnesota played this way. They, they let's, let's make the Lions make a play. Yeah. Instead of making a play ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me is, I, I guess from my standpoint, I've always been aggressive and, no, we're going to go make a play to win the game. They, they were just hoping that the Lions wouldn't make a play. Right. And that's what it looked like to me. One more thing I need to ask you about. Uh, Rex, again, Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract, all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Uh, you had the whole sort of brouhaha with Robert Sala and the two of you guys right. have, have uh, not only buried the hatchet, but I know that you know you both sort of came away from that liking each other. The Jets had a humiliating episode yesterday in which their defense, I mean, Georgia's defense is way better than the Jets' defense. Uh, let's put it that way. You can't be worse than the Jets' defense is and was yesterday. And after the game, C.J. Mosley was saying that the other team was making fun of them, was laughing at yeah. their coach, uh, was, was treating them with absolutely no respect. What do we say about that today, Rex? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a horrible comment. I mean, you know, and, and C.J. Mosley speaking the truth. Um, but to me, it's just like, I hate hearing that. Like, to me, I, I use the term, we we got to drop the mitts. Like, we're, we're not having, we're not standing for it. And I'm surprised they didn't. That, hey, you're not going to laugh at our coach's face. Forget it. Right. Like, where's the guy taking the dude out? And yeah. and to me, I'm sorry, but we got to stand for something. You represent the greatest city in the world. Mm-hmm. All right? That's, that, that's what you represent when you put that uniform on. You sign up for that. But if you're get, if your coach is getting laughed at, mm-hmm. you can't you can't have it. And RC, I mean, you gotta have your guys that be like, oh no, you gotta have my coaches back. You're gonna laugh at my yeah. coach. We're gonna we're gonna I kick think, your ass. And, and and I think so. What happens sometimes is Rex and I, because we're so defensive minded, we start talking about these things that people do look at us like cavemen. Right. But Rex is absolutely right. When he says you're going to take somebody out, one, if you're laughing at that time, you're going to see your, your, your defense should be visibly upset. If a team is disrespecting you, if a team is speaking to you a certain way, your team should have the opportunity or your team should say, okay, you know what? This game gives me an opportunity to rectify all that. Mm. That's the way I look at it. If, right. if somebody says somebody's disrespecting me, if you're laughing at me, if you think we quit, if you think we don't give effort, the film and the game gives me an opportunity to show you that you're full of crap. Right. And if you're going to disrespect my team, if you're going to disrespect my coach, the only way you can do that is if I allow you to. If my play preceding says I shouldn't be respected or at the current moment I'm not making you respect me, 
And the New York Jets are doing nothing to fix that. That's the same thing I felt about Pittsburgh last week. A guy said right. you quit from the Cincinnati Bengals, and my mindset would be every play, I'm going to hit him, whether he has the ball right. or not, and for 60 minutes, I'm going to ask him, did I quit today? And if I'm the New York Jets, every time I play a team, it's going to be about gaining respect, even more so probably than it is about getting W's. It's about making people respect us. And right now, nobody respects the New York Jets. They need Rex Ryan and Ryan Clark so badly, I don't even know where to begin. Guys, I love you both. Thank you so much for hanging out. Always appreciate it. Uh, Coming up next will be my takes, which will include the most important weapon in the NFC and the most disappointing offense in the entire sport. Stick around. Just getting started. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greenies Takes. All right, Bubble Dub, give me a little music over there and I'll give you my five top takes coming out of an interesting, if somewhat unspectacular, Sunday in the NFL. Yesterday, I will go through the college stuff a little bit later as well, but let me give you the five takes. Number five. I will never get back the three hours I spent watching the Bears yesterday. The Bears on a rainy day with the quarterback that you know Matt Nagy really wants to play, that was Nagy's last stand. All right, against a good team at home, keep your season even remotely meaningful with the quarterback you know he thinks gives him a chance to win. They were so awful yesterday, I don't even know where to begin. Dalton threw four interceptions yesterday. Aaron Rodgers has thrown four interceptions this season. And that's not even it. They just look awful. They look Their offense looks like they have no chance, no clue, no prayer, no plan, no nothing. And they don't look like they really give a damn about it one way or the other. So that, that if there was ever any question about the need to just completely start over, it's now. And a little later in this hour, I'm going to put the Bears in a basket with a few other teams and figure out who has the worst future ahead of them. And the one thing you have going for you is you've got the kid at quarterback and you hope that this year has not set him back too far and you will get a whole new group around him because they actually have some players. Like David Montgomery is a pretty good back. Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, in theory, are good receivers. The offensive line is atrocious. They have this one kid, Tevin Jenkins, who they'll get. They need to completely remake that. They don't have a first-round a first round pick to do it. But one way or another, my, my, my take here is... Watching them was even worse than watching the other teams that I care about, one way or the other. They were just impossible to watch and enjoy yesterday. Number four. I can't believe how bad the Chiefs' offense is. And Hembo gave this stat to Rex for TV this morning. The Chiefs' offensive line has allowed the most pressures of any team in the league. Now, they've won five straight games, but during that five-game win streak, Patrick Mahomes actually leads the league in off-target throws. 
their offense isn't good. They're winning because of their defense. If Aaron Rodgers had played that game, Green Bay would have blown them out. Blown them out. They beat Jordan Love. They didn't beat Aaron, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs' offense looks awful. Tyreek Hill, I don't know what's going on with him. Mahomes doesn't look right. The offensive line is bad. I don't know if it's as simple as this, but the one thing that I think holds true through everything in football history is if you have a bad offensive line, you don't have anything. Like, if your offensive line can't play, we kept using the word confidence this morning. Rex said it this morning. RC, even Dan, I think, said it. They've lost their confidence on offense. And I think a big part of it is Mahomes just has no confidence that he's going to have the ability to do what he wants to do back there because the offensive line just stinks. So one way or another, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but the Chiefs will go as far as their defense takes them at least that's the way it feels right this minute. Number three. Gronk is the most important weapon in the NFC. Gronk is unbelievable. He has turned back time. In the way that Brady has turned back time, how old is Gronk? Because he's, this is a man who retired because of injury. He's much younger than you think. Gronk is No, I know that. But 32. I mean, he, he's 32. You think the same age as Travis Kelsey. I know, but he's had every injury you can <laughs> sure. have. Gronk retired because of injury. <coughs> and has come back now and looks... He looks as good as ever. They're splitting him out. Why? By himself. On a, because they know no one can take him one-on-one. Like, Gronk is awesome. And he has become the most important weapon in the NFC. Brady's connection with Gronk, which is the second most prolific in the history of the NFL in terms of touchdowns, they need Antonio Brown back. And, and I think that the three guys that Brady trusts are Antonio Brown, and it's hilarious to use that word right now in connection with Antonio Brown, but in that context, it actually applies. Are Antonio Brown, Gronk, and Leonard Fournette, the three guys who came there with him. RC called it the Brady Bunch on TV with us this morning, and that's exactly the right way to look at it, and those guys are the reason this team is so good. Number two. The Steelers and Ravens, which I opened this show with today, it was an unbelievable game, unbelievable drama. Neither team is any good. The Steelers are definitely not a threat to do anything of consequence. I was glad to see them get that win. I don't want to see Ben go out that way. The last five games being meaningless, being buried by your arch rival in your own building. But they're not going anywhere. This team isn't accomplishing anything of consequence. They will win the division if the division comes back to them. The Ravens have a brutal schedule. The Bengals are so hot and cold. The Browns are a mess. But the Steelers aren't going anywhere, and the Ravens aren't going anywhere, and that's because of injury. No team has been ravaged by injury the way they have. They have no corners, they have no running backs, and they have no offensive plan. At this point, the offensive plan is, Lamar, go do something unbelievable and, and, and hope that it works out. So they went from the number one seed yesterday to the three seed, and they'll drop further than that. I, I think whoever winds up winning this division is going to wind up doing it with the worst record of the division winners in the AFC. And I think, I don't think any of these teams gets out of the first round of the playoffs. I, I don't think any team in the AFC North, certainly not the Ravens or the Steelers. The team I could see doing it actually is Cincinnati. Hmm. But they're so hot and cold, I don't trust them. Number one. And the number one, I talked about it there briefly with Rex. I'll just say this. I'm embarrassed for the Jets. I'm not embarrassed by them. I get no... None of my identity is wrapped up in them. I, I know people love to send me notes. Oh, the Jets stink. If I ever criticize any other team on Twitter, they'll be like, yeah, they're better than the Jets. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's setting the bar awfully low. If the best comeback you have for me is you're better than the Jets, you're not making the point you think you are. But the Jets have now gotten to a point where the other team is openly 
disrespecting them on the field, and they don't do anything about it. I've told this story on the air before, but I'll tell it again quickly. When I was in a fraternity, when I was a freshman in college, I was a pledge in a fraternity. And my job at the football game was to get, I'm going to use the word sodas, even though they weren't actually sodas, for all the guys in the house and bring them on a tray. And I was just sort of walking back and forth between a keg of soda that we had snuck into the stadium the night before. And so I'm walking with it. The point of the story is I'm walking with a tray of four. That's just I'm walking with a tray of four beers through a football stadium. And these four big Iowa dudes in their black and gold sweaters came up and just started picking my beers up off my tray and drinking them. And there was nothing I could do about it. Nothing. Because they're four big guys and I'm me. So they just drank my beers. That's what the Eagles did to the Jets yesterday. But the Jets are supposed to be able to do something about it. You're C.J. Mosley. You're, a D, you're, you're professional football players. You're not supposed to let a team laugh at your coach. I'm embarrassed for them. Again, I'm not embarrassed by them. Zero percent of my identity is wrapped up in being a Jet fan. But their, their defense is the worst I've ever seen. And they have no heart. And that was heartless, gutless, and humiliating. And if they aren't embarrassed by it, they should be. And maybe the saddest thing I can think of to tell you is, I didn't see any obvious evidence that they were. So they have become a laughing stock. Gardner Minshew just looked like Joe Montana on the field against the Jets yesterday. And that... And those, I should say, are my takes from yesterday as I bring in the assembled member of the Hashtag crew to find out what theirs are. We'll do What's On Your Mind, brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. Hembo is here. Nuno is here. Bubba is here. Hembo, we will start with you. What was your number one takeaway yesterday? Well, I enjoyed my Eagles workmanlike victory over your Jets. Did you go to that game yesterday? I did not go to that game. You went to the Eagle game the week before with your wife. Why didn't you go yesterday to see them beat the Jets? (laughs) Why wouldn't you do that? Tickets were much too hard to come by. (laughs) Listen, that sounded like an Eagle home game. Brandon, well, I'm watching that game on TV. Did it sound to you like it was an Eagles? It sounded, just watching the TV, like there were much louder cheers when good things happened for the Eagles than the Jets. Did you feel that way too? Yeah, it's, it sounded, I, I, I wasn't there obviously, but um, it sounded like an Eagle home. Anyway, you should have gone to that. Go ahead. I should have gone to that. But I think what yesterday does is it sort of demonstrates very clearly the difference between a smart team and a stupid team. The Eagles are a smart team. The Eagles, before the season started, treated a sixth-round pick for Gardner Minshew. He's a good backup quarterback. During the season, the Jets had to trade a sixth-round pick for an unvaccinated backup quarterback because that was their only option. So the Eagles effectively traded Joe Flacco for Gardner Minshew, and then Gardner Minshew beat you yesterday. I thought it was was a sort of funny juxtaposition. I I think that is a really good point, and and it is the difference between being apt and being inept. (laughs) The the, the Eagles got a sixth-round pick. The Eagles traded—I just want to say it again in case it wasn't totally clear. The Eagles traded a sixth-round pick for Gardner Minshew, then got that sixth-round pick back from the Jets by trading them Joe Flacco. That's because the Eagles have some clue what they're doing, and the Jets do not. Oh, it just makes me want to throw up. I mean, I, it, it just, I mean, I, I, let me go to Nuno here. Uh, speaking of wanting to throw up, Nuno, how about your Giants yesterday? What is your take today? I talk about uh, three hours that I can't get back. After that post game, after a game where you score nine points, have 250 total yards, I need to sit there and hear Joe Judge talk about, oh, there was a lot of great things that I saw. Joe. You don't need to watch the All-22. Let's just go through this real quick. You make it 10-6 in that third quarter. You force a three and out. Your next drive, three plays, eight yards, a minute off the clock. 
your defense actually forces a next uh, forces a punt the next uh, that next drive. What do you do when you get the ball? Six plays, two yards. The last three plays of that drive. Glennon was sacked for 13 yards. You had to take a timeout because uh, uh, you were going to catch a uh, delay a game. Uh, another sack for seven yards, and then you actually get some positive yards with a Booker 13-yard run. Dolphins score a touchdown. What do you do? Next drive, three plays, minus eight yards, and you take a whopping 55 seconds off the clock. This is a complete and utter disaster. Everything is going wrong. I love Logan Ryan. I think he's been great for the team. After that press conference, because Mike Glennon gets a concussion and Jake Fromm might be your starting quarterback against the Chargers next week, he says, I'm available if need be. I'm a lot like Tua. I can throw a two-yard pass to the left. Dude, you guys lost the game. Like, just just, what are you guys doing? This is a complete and utter disaster. Needs to be blown up. I just, we need to just move on. And, you know, and that's all it is, is just a new, fresh restart. Yeah. And that was awful. Is that, that soundbite you have on my screen? Is that the one? That, yes, from Judge? Yeah. Joe Judge. Yeah. 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 B- because I found this astonishing. After that game, in which the Giants set back offensive football decades, the Giants, if the Giants' offense played the Jets' defense nonstop, the world would explode. <laughs> like, literally, nothing would happen. It, it would be that moment where, where everything just kind of hovered in space and nothing happened. Punters would pull their groin. It would, it would be the movable object against the resistible force. And after watching that, Joe Judge said this. I saw a lot of play, players make a lot of big plays, and that's what we got to do. Wait, what? What? When? Joe, what game were you watching? Were you watching the the Colts and the and the, excuse me the Bengals and the and the Chargers? I saw a lot of players make big plays in that game. Were you watching the team playing against yours yesterday? They made a few plays. I don't need to play anymore. But look, what's he going to say at this point? I don't know. The Giants are ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, I thought everything was Jason Garrett's fault. What happened now? You guys got rid of Jason Garrett. I thought the offense. Was oh no, he gave. And I, I cut it off. Jason Garrett's if, terrible. Jason if I Garrett's kept terrible. everything, if every, if I kept everything he said, he talked about how Freddie Kitchens is doing a good job. And I just can't take it anymore. Just, guys, shut up. Shut up. As one who watched the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago, if your answer is Freddie Kitchens, I shudder to think what the question was. (laughs) Bubba, you're next. Your Cowboys won on Thursday night, so you were kind of sitting pretty yesterday. What was your number one takeaway from a Sunday in the NFL? Yeah, didn't have to watch the Cowboys, but I did notice the team you've been focused on, Washington, they think they're cool here. They've won four in a row, so it does uh, lead up to a big game coming on Sunday. What do you think? How do you feel about it? Because it's all of a sudden not going to be so cute. If Washington yeah, goes, two games behind the game's in right Washington, now. right? They play. Yep. Two, Washington has five games left. They're all in the division. Yep. The Cowboys have five games left. Four of them are in the division, and they have Arizona. Arizona at home. Yep. Arizona's really good and might be playing for the one seed. So that's certainly not an easy game. Yep. This, thing, this, this thing could go down to the wire. This Absolutely. Sunday, Cowboys at Washington is a huge game. How do you feel about it, Bubs? Yeah, we're going in in Landover. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I think we're gonna have a bounce back game. I know we won, but we're pretty disjointed. We got McCarthy back. He'll be he'll be drawing up some plays with Kellen, having a great time. He'll be confused, but no, I think we're gonna be good. I think I'm feeling good. I think they're gonna 
put their put their foot down, put their uh, clamp on the neck, and just be they're going to be good here. I think we're going to uh, take control of the NFC East here and get, and get back on track. And because uh, yeah, I do think if they lose, it's going to really kind of get a little. What game did you watch here. yesterday? What 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 did you spend your day watching yesterday? Washington and Vegas was in the afternoon slot. What did you one o'clock? Are you watching Red Zone? Yeah, or I what are you since watching? I had nothing. So I, I just red zoned it since I was. Uh, non-cowboying so i red zoned it up yeah i mean i i spent so much more time on the red zone than i spent on the jet by the game. way have you seen the, the, the line for for dallas washington i have not all right hold on a second. Guess. Let, a let's guess. do a guess on this the game is in washington that's yes that's right that's right i'm going to say the cowboys are favored anyway but it's going to be slim the question is is it more than a field goal i'm going to say the cowboys I'm going to say the Cowboys are a three-point favorite. Cowboys are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Wow. It's a big number, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Bigger that's, than I thought. That, that feels like more. So, that, so that's Vegas telling you they think that they're more than a touchdown better. That's right. Than Washington. Maybe they are. The Washington of, just lost Logan Thomas, too. You got the rest yeah, that's advantage, bad. too. They, they haven't looked. The Cowboys are that much better. They just haven't looked that much mm. better recently. All right, coming up next, I got to get to all the college stuff that happened this weekend. It was a big deal. And by the way, if you thought Brian Kelly's southern accent was bad, wait till you hear what's happening now. Well south of Baton Rouge, what a colossal embarrassment that is. We'll get into all of that in a few minutes and plenty of time for your calls today. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You know, we had a good deal of fun on Friday with Brian Kelly suddenly becoming Southern, a man from Everett, Mass., who has never spent 15 minutes south of the Mason-Dixon line, showing up at LSU last week and suddenly wanting the whole world to know his family. This is my family. And nothing could have seemed more disingenuous, right? It's, it's, it was just so weird. And I, and I like Brian, and this is not ultimately going to be the decision on, uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate referendum on him is not going to be his accent. He's either going to win a bunch of games, in which case they're going to love him, or he's going to lose a bunch of games, in which case they're going to buy him out, even though they're going to owe him tens of millions of dollars. That's the business they've chosen. But it did feel, it did give you just a little indication of just how little soul there is in college football. This weekend is insane. Manny Diaz, I just want to make sure everyone is aware of what's going on. Manny Diaz is the football coach at Miami, at the U. He is in kids' houses recruiting yesterday whilst everyone knows and no one denies his university is in contract talks with another coach, Mario Cristobal, from Oregon. And this is all happening on the most public of stages, but they don't even have the decency to pull him and be like, look, until we get this thing settled, don't be out there recruiting for crying out loud. You're making us look stupid. You're making yourself look stupid. It, there is just no soul in this. There is no, there's nothing in this that feels like it should be connected to higher education in this country, <laughs> right? Like this is college we're talking about. This, this is theoretically supposed to be a fairly high-minded endeavor. And yet it is being treated like 
one of the slimiest business oh, yeah. that you could ever imagine. But Hembo brings up a great point, so I'll let you make it. Lest you think you should feel sorry for Manny Diaz right now, let's remind everyone how he got to the U. <laughs> well, in 2019, he was hired and introduced as the head football coach at Temple University in Philadelphia and left three weeks later for Miami, his dream job. And in those three weeks, apparently, while talking to people at Miami once that job became available, didn't even inform the Temple people that he was interested in leaving until after he left and never even wound up talking to the player. So I guess in some sense it you know, could have ha- you know, couldn't happen to a better guy. So I guess the question, I, I, I like that you make that point. Which tenure was less eventful, Bill Belichick's as the head coach of the New York Jets or Manny Diaz's as the head coach at Temple? He spent three weeks. He was only, weeks. Bill was only the coach of the Jets for one day. And then he wrote on a cocktail napkin, I no longer want to be the HC of the NYJ. And he left after one day. But at least he knew the players' names. Like, he had been the defensive coordinator there and the head coach in waiting. Right. So he had more of an impact, I guess, than Manny Diaz, who never met with the players at Temple and took another job. So this is the business they've chosen. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, what are you saying so, to me, about uh, Speaking of Manny Diaz, Adam Rittenberg, uh, who covers college football for us, Manny Diaz is out, Eddie, at Miami. He oh. just tweeted that. Maybe he can get the Temple job. <laughs> <laughs> that is open. Bring him back. Temple does need a coach. Is that open? Is Temple open? Yeah, yeah it they is. Fire yes. their coach. It is. Yeah. Oh, That's would that right. be? Imagine the, if he goes there. He needs to would go. Would that be the ultimate irony? Is he still on? Fa- is he still on payroll? Like, I, I mean, that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> he needs to go to Temple. I, I, let's make this happen. We should orchestrate. Let's this, right? make this happen. Get Temple on the phone. Get Nagandi on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make this happen. Oh. Anyway, so that's just an embarrassment, and they're just awful. No what can you say? Anyway, uh, the college this weekend, the games were awesome. The Oklahoma State-Baylor game was incredible if you didn't watch it. It comes down literally to one final play and a half a yard. But what the games on Saturday did was it left little suspense for yesterday. Like Bryce Young was unbelievable. Bryce Young gives you, I think, you could make an argument, Bryce Young gives you one of the five great big game performances you've ever seen from a quarterback in college football history. I don't know them off the top of my head. But to do that in that spot against that defense, people were talking about that defense being one of the greatest of all time. They average giving up less than seven mm-hmm. points a game. And he shredded them. Shredded. So he was unbelievable. Watching that game was unbelievable. Does anyone have any issue with anything the committee did? I assume everyone knows by now. Alabama's one. Michigan is two. Georgia's three. Cincinnati is four. Does anyone have an issue with what they did? Hembo. Well, well I, the only objection I would have is I think Georgia should have been two. But that's all semantics because they're just going to play you know, it's the, the outcome is the same. The reason I think Georgia should be too is because that there should be, they should be rewarded for being the best team the whole season. And obviously we think Alabama is great. So aside from that, I think they got everything right, obviously. I mean, I think Michigan has a, has a better resume than Georgia. I know their loss isn't as good, but their mm-hmm. lo- it's not a bad loss. Where did Michigan State wind up? Michigan State went up at like Top nine. Top ten, I think, right? So it's a, it's a respectable loss. Oh, sure. And they beat better teams mm-hmm. than Georgia did. Georgia didn't beat anybody. At the end of the day, Michigan State beat Ohio State, who winds up in a big, in a New Year's Six Bowl. They um, they lost to Michigan State. Who else did they beat? They beat Penn State. They who else? Does, what, what's their other big win? I, I feel like they have another good yeah, win. There's one more. They didn't get to play Wisconsin, unfortunately. Iowa was like 15 or something going into that Iowa game, and they mm-hmm. shellack them. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I don't agree with you on that Wisconsin one. One, one way or another. Here's mm-hmm. what I will say. Here's the one thing I will say that I think is unfair. If we perceive Cincinnati as the soft spot, as, as 
you would have liked going into this to be playing Cincinnati. You'd rather play them. And, and let's just let's even take out of the equation the fact that they're not a Power 5 team. The best thing you can do is play the four. You want to be the one because you get to play the four. In theory, the four is the worst of the four teams that are in there. If, indeed, the reason Alabama is one and Michigan is two is because they didn't want Alabama and Georgia to play each other in the semifinal, that's totally unfair to Michigan. Now, if you want to make the argument that Alabama deserved to be won over Michigan because of the quality of that win, okay, I, 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 I'll hear that. And I, to me, I think it was six and one half dozen the other. But I think everyone knew that whatever they did, they weren't going to put Alabama and Georgia against each other in the semifinal because no one wants to see those two teams play again in three weeks. And if that is unfair to Michigan, if Michigan is, it should be number one, then they should get the opportunity to play number four. Do you agree with that? I agree with that totally. But I don't think Michigan has as strong a case to be number one as Alabama does. I mean, I've, I've heard that. I've heard people whose opinion I really value say that. But to me, I mean, Alabama won the best league in America and beat the best team in the country, and they have one loss. To me, it was pretty clear that Alabama... Well, their loss is worse. They have a worse loss. They have a worse loss. uh, ...than Michigan's. And all of a sudden, see what happens, and this is just the funny thing, Twitter wakes up on Sunday and says, Georgia's not that good anyway. Right. Like, Georgia didn't beat anybody all year long. So you can can dissect this thing any way you want. One way or another, um, I have a lot more to say about that as we continue, and I will. We're jam-packed on this morning. We'll get back to the NFL next with Nuno's Notes. I've got a fascinating question of the day, and then we will set aside plenty of time for your hot takes on the phone lines. That's as we continue this morning on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.